Good morning. We left our badges in the room, but this is Alexander, not the great. Meliritus from Athens, Greece, and this is Eleni. Uh, and we've been serving since 1990 the Omonia, not Ammonia, Omonia. Homo, yes, we did. Thank you. Yeah. Did. Yes. Omonia Church. Homo means same. Nia, noetic, mind, being of the same mind, being of in one accord. The same mind church, downtown Athens. We arrived here on Friday, still on the jet lag, since we have 10 hours of time difference with Greece. But we are here ready to share some thoughts on God's work and uh, what he has done through the church to share the good news with modern men, Syrians, Afghans, Greeks, and lately the Ukrainians. But shall we have a word of prayer, please? Yes. Father God, we're delighted that you're listening to us this morning. Uh, we appeal to you this morning from a comfortable and a safe place, but we know that there are people around the world that are appealing to you from places of war, places of uh, danger and safety, hunger, and just dangerous places. So we just appeal to you. Uh, we know your grace and your mercy are, are never, n never short. But what we're asking is for our posture, for the way we stand before you. So we want to stand before you this morning in this posture of obedience, Father. Obedience and humility. And ask you to oversee our shortcomings and our sin and our, our characters, Father. To oversee and just uh, cover us with your grace and mercy. But first, Father, cover those that are in places that are not as comfortable as this. We're aware of all that is going on in this world. Um, and, but we know that you're always merciful and you're watching over your children. You're watching over the whole world as we speak, day or night. We are thankful that the Holy Spirit brings our appeal to you this morning in honesty and in humility. Father, um, we ask for our, uh, for our meeting this short uh, hour to be one that will encourage everyone, that everyone will, um, uh, as we share our experiences from your work among your people, uh, that this sharing will encourage them. We'll just open a new, a new uh, page, a new way to view what you're doing because you never stop and what you're doing is never the same. So with all this, we, we close our prayer. We want to appeal for Susan, who all, it seems she had a serious incident in the next room. She's a dear, beloved uh, woman of God and a friend and a sister to many of us. And uh, just by falling twice, we're all alarmed and a little shaky. So we ask for your peace for your peace on her and on the people who are looking after her and, and on us, Father, that we love her very much. Uh, just cover her with your grace, Father, and your mercy and um, watch over her as you have done. It is in the name of Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, that we pray this morning. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning once again. Uh, we are coming from that part of the world, which is a, a crossroad. Uh, it's not a coincidence that Greece and Italy and Egypt and Israel, the four particles, the, the four empires that comprise the gospel, are on the same side of the world. The mm -hmm. end of all Europe, the end of all a Asia from Japan to the mid to the Asia Minor and end of all Africa 
three continents merge there. And there's Israel, and there's Egypt, and there's Greece, and there's Italy, the Roman Empire. And the gospel was there. We would like to share with you the way God works through us. We better follow God's culture rather than human culture because all over the world we have cultures. American culture, Greek, German, Japanese, Russian, the way we do things, the way we, uh, we work. And uh, we want to embrace Paul's message on the way. I am the way. And what is the way to the Father? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John 14, 6. But Eleni would love to start well, with we uh, something share, that took yeah. place with yeah. our GPS. Well, we'll share the sharing. So this is going to be simple. It's not going to hurt. We don't have any big presentation. And, you know, it will be a game that you've never watched before to see Alex and I try to speak <laughs> as we have agreed. So uh, I know you've seen some of you, maybe. The movie with Tom Hanks, The Airport, was that the name where he was? The Terminal. The terminal. He was caught up in that, in that terminal, in the transit. And uh, I don't know, like six months, and, and everybody thought they knew what he was trying to do, right? They thought he was just trying to get to America and have a new life, and you know, they were trying to stop him from that. And only at, until the end, we find out that's, n that's not what he wanted. He just wanted to buy something for his dad, you know? What was it? I don't even remember the article. So he was there for another reason. And um, what really, the misconception that we have, thinking that we know what God is doing, and, and sometimes if we share our experiences, it's so much easier to share the vision, the actual vision of what God is doing among us. So, um, well, the second joke that we have in line is about GPS. GPSs these days you know, are so necessary and you know they were not 50 years ago because there were less people, less roads, less traffic. I remember coming to Pepperdine 17 years ago. It was a short trip from Redondo to here, like 25 minutes. But now you have to, you know, count an hour and a half before you get in the car. And you know, GPSs are almost, you know, um, a must. Yes, you just can't. So um, even with the GPS, getting from the airport to Palos Verdes, where the family that hosts us, a Redondo family <coughs> there, is, is just, you know, it's, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to say. But anyway, so we get to the airport in LAX from London, from Athens to London to LAX, and we, uh, and we go to the rental company to get the car. That was an ordeal. And uh, marathon, what I wanted to say earlier, the word was marathon, was a marathon to actually get to the point we're supposed to. But anyway, we're at the place there, and Alex got our GPS out. He, the car didn't have a GPS. He's looking for the lighter, you know, the cigarette lighter, mm -hmm. to plug it. And there's not one. And that Jeep had no lighter. Yeah, because they're not supposed people. I mean, yeah, I people. mean it did have the USB, but our Garmin, a good size one was with a lighter. So there's no lighter. We look up and down, and it's 10 o'clock at night, and we're tired and confused, and the place is closed, so nobody can help us, and the young man there had no clue what to do. And he's looking for cables all over you know, our suitcases, and, and he finally you know, found a cable that would do. Now, before, before he found the cable, we had visions, you know, of spending the night at Wally Park you know, <laughs> like in the back seat. You know, it was a nice big car, so, yeah. but we found it, you know. We found it, and we found the way. We found the way, and we safely arrived. And uh, can we think of all the, the other possibilities of not finding the way, you know? Yes, we could sleep in the car, or we could have an accident, or who knows what could have happened. But finding the way, it was the most simple, you know, solution to, to the problem. Um, and all machines uh, depend on parameters, and this was one of them. If it's not 100% uh, dependable, the whole thing 
caves in. I mean, a radar set. If the transmission is weak, the whole thing yeah, goes that's down. That's my line. That's my line. Wait. <laughs> so these, these are physical parameters, right? Like you don't find the cable, you can't get the UPS to work. And these are physical parameters that fail you. Anything, you know, you, the car doesn't start. And so it is with our culture, because many people today, and you know, the world, the Christian world for that matter, is trying to find God many times through, you know, the cultural parameters, like, you know, what makes people comfortable. We're gonna talk about this a little bit later, your line. Okay. <laughs> now, speaking of the word culture, C-U-L-T-U-R-E. The word derives from a Latin verb, colere, C-O-L-E-R-E, -E, which means um, to tend the earth to grow and to cultivate. Adam's job in the garden, to tend something to grow and to cultivate, to make something bigger, trees to grow and so on and to nurture. It shares its etymology with another word related to actively fostering growth. And uh, it's the equivalent of the Greek word uh, for uh, education. He's educated, and what does come to your mind? He's cultured. Education, you connect it with culture. And in the Renaissance, 13th, 17th century AD, the word had a twisted meaning, a turn, a, a changed meaning, and it meant uh, civilization. Though culture is not civilization, it's just a subdivision of it. Civilization is over many things, and culture is a part of it. And through a deeper search, we see that every country has its own culture. I mean, we all speak of French culture, um, the American way, uh, the Greek way, the African way. And, but these, these are parameters that depend on uh, mm, religion, on fashion, on education, on tradition, on uh, educational level, on political views of the country. Things very easy to change through the centuries. For centuries BC in Greece, they believed that. Now they believe that. Paul comes to the Mars Hill and says, God overlooked that time of ignorance, but now he ordered, nothing is stable in regard to your culture. American culture 200 years ago was different than now. Mm -hmm. We have the, the, the little house in the prairie, mm -hmm. life, and we have life today, different. Uh, but the, the culture depends on f physical, on material, issues uh, like the Parthenon, the pyramids, the Niagara Falls, uh, the Picasso paintings. When you say these words, an entire philosophy comes to your mind, the Parthenon. Mm, you think of something. The pyramids, uh, Pharaoh, uh, you think of something. Picasso, his mentality, you think of something. But these are very volatile. You go to a place to have a, to serve the Lord in a mission field, and you use your Greek thinking, your American thinking, your French thinking, what suits best. Yeah, but this is different from person to person. <coughs> and um, so um, a good example and a good uh, story to see where human culture leads is the story of Babel, because people thought they're gonna build this huge tower and they're gonna reach God through their human culture. So, in um, Genesis 10.1, so we see how they were 
probably very proud and enthusiastic about this huge project. I mean, who wouldn't be? Uh, and it's going up, and who knows what's, you know, all of, all of the palaver around it, and the celebrations, and look what we're doing. And, and as Alexander said, you know, the language is, is the most um, um, important part of a culture, right? That is developed, of course, the language is developed through the years, you know, ancient Greek, modern Greek, still is Greek in the same way here. You know, language in England was a little different, still is. Uh, so, because all that was done to reach God, okay, and, and that's not what God wanted. He didn't want them to reach him through the human culture. Uh, he just hit at the root of their culture. That was the language. So he confused the languages, and it is a curse. We override it through the grace of God, and we learn other languages. But it is a curse that we cannot communicate. You know, in heaven we will. In Greek, you know, of course, as Alex says. So that's, uh, that would be a miraculous transformation. So we see that their plans and pride were instantly canceled, vanished. Can the we same see? thing, because of the cigarette lighter, no GPS. See? One thing like, brought the whole thing down. Even the simplest task, maybe I'll come with Alexander to clean your yard. If we don't speak the same language, you know, we're going to be asking you for a shovel. <laughs> you will be giving us, you know, cold iced tea, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, you know, μπορώ να αρχίσω να μιλάω ελληνικά και να σας λέω δώσε μου αυτό, δώσε μου το άλλο, όχι αυτό δεν κάνει, το άλλο δεν κάνει. Όχι, όχι εδώ πήγαινε, όχι εκεί πήγαινε. It's all Greek to you. You know? Do you know what we the Greeks say? Yeah, so you know. This has been in our class before. It's all Chinese to me. Okay. So, um, so there won't be yard cleaning for sure. I don't know what will happen. So, um, but see, we always default into our culture, our language. Like we have people coming to Greece and say, oh, people don't speak English. Well, <laughs> yeah, they don't because you're in another country. It's almost like they demand that people should speak English because you know it's what makes them feel comfortable. And it makes me feel comfortable to speak Greek, although English is quite comfortable too. Uh, so it's what makes people make, uh, feel comfortable. And this is such a, what is this, a logo in our Christian communities? Oh, this doesn't make me comfortable. Oh, you know, this makes me comfortable. Well, like, who really cares what makes me <laughs> and you comfortable? It, it's what God wants and it, what pleases God. Now, whether Judy and I are not comfortable with this or that, you know, or Alexander and, you know, Alan, it just really doesn't matter. And all it does is create, um, create gaps, create voids, because you don't make me feel comfortable, um, sister, so, you know, I'm just going to step away. So Step back. Step back. Um, so really what we want to tell you this morning and share with you just because of our experience with many nationalities, because that's where comfort conflicts, you know, and, and many different kinds of characters and people and languages, you know, uh, is that what we have found is that we can only approach God with his culture, with a gospel culture. And Alex will say more about that, but I have one more line. Wait a minute. I know you see already. So uh, what we saw, you know, what we saw in that human culture adventure in Babel, we know for sure it's going to fail. Now, you need to think about that, you know. Reflect on that. That every time we try to use, you know, our human, you know, uh, comfortable ideas or political views or because, because the gospel covers everything. Covers in even political views. All, uh, no, I don't want to say views, uh, aspects of life. Yeah. The answers are there for everything. Alex, Alex has the answers. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. wait. He'll, he'll tell you about it. So, we saw that only when one element of their culture failed, which was the language, it was not other things, everything crashed. So this is how gentle and fragile our position is in the church, you know, in the global international church. But after many years, God allowed, after centuries and centuries, uh, knowing that we will never overcome our n nature, we are still called children 
of God, not adults of God. We will never outgrow his parenthood. We will always be children, like the children doing things wrong at times. Children, not the wise personality of eternity. Um, that came according to his plan one day in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. There are Jews and Greeks and uh, Libyans and Syrians and Syrians and you name it, who do speak foreign languages. And they come there to gather on that Jewish feast and they understand the message, one message, in their own language, they understand it. And this message looks like since they get it, it's the same for all. For all the nationalities, they see a new culture, his culture, uniting them, not dividing them as in Babel, uniting them once again, according to the way he wants. And this is the language of love. Acts 2.8. I know you know what it is, but just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this, this new language was the first element of the gospel culture. How come it is so we understand that? <laughs> because it's not a human way of acting or communicating. It's not a human VHF. That's why you can do it. And all human cultures share their own languages in the same way. Uh, but, the, but God's culture is the only one that lets everyone understand without an interpreter. You offer a play to someone, you go like, he understands without saying anything. Someone cries, you, he understands. See the difference? So, with so, the, so we cannot, yeah, we cannot apply our. So just because of the position where Athens, Greece is, for that matter, you know, is, is north of Africa and, you know, east of Europe and west of the Middle East, and this is why we have Delphi. Delphi is an archaeological site, and Delphi really means the Delphis, which is the womb, the womb of the world, that everything was born there. Adelphos, Philadelphia. Adelphos, brother, means born out of the same womb. If a Greek... Did I say wound? I did. Womb, womb. <laughs> if, a, if a woman was married to ten... To ten husbands yeah. and had children from all ten of them. These children were Adelphi brothers. If a man was married to ten wives and had children, these children were not uh, Adelphi. So it seems because of the position. Same birth, same spiritual it, birth. It we belong to the same spiritual birth, same so, womb. So it seems that. Because of the location of, of Athens and the location of our little congregation, because it's not a big congregation at all. Now, the work that God has done is unproportionately, and those of you that have been there, Judy and, uh, and Danny and Evelyn and Randy, Randy, Randy? No. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll lost something. They've been there, and they see how big the congregation is. So what God has done is, is, is using the very little, and, and bringing forward his his um, his um, his will. Uh, so because of, of of the position, I want to go back to the terminal. That when people come out of you know Syria because of the war, th that has stopped a little bit. It's not as I mean we had like twenty thousand refugees arriving in Athens every day seven years ago, but now it's maybe I think six thousand a month. The war has sub, sub, subsided. subsided. It's only like more of a Kurdish-Turkish war in the north part of Syria, um, unofficially. So uh, 
when people came, and then the Af a lot of Afghan people came in September after the um, conflict, you know, where uh, America left, you know, the forces left. So there were about uh, um, 89 families. Uh, the women were judges, because traditionally women were judges for the last 20 years in Afghanistan. In Afghanistan, and, uh, women judges. And, uh, well, not always, just now, you know, these last years of some kind of freedom. Anyway, the story is that uh, those women had sent the you know, opposition that took over, I know this, so to the prison, right? The, the people who are now in rule. So because of that, when, when, when that happened, they got out of prison and they were looking you know, to kill those women, seriously. Those women were locked up for a month and a half and then the Greek uh, government, along with an international battle organization which protects uh, in, um, um, lawyers and judges you know, around the world, they evacuated them and brought them to Athens. So uh, there again, we had to fill in the gaps of the system and the needs of the people, and we still do. It was 389 women, men, and children, and the grandmothers. Now, they're different. They're not these humble refugees. They're highly educated, PhD, uh, judges speaking English, a different frequency of commerce. Well, anyway, the good thing is that they all spoke British English, not just American, <laughs> and they were, it was so easy to communicate and yeah. still is. Um, so, you know, we still, uh, in fact, we're, we're living here on Monday. We arrived in Greece, in Athens on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We are hosting a trauma, a trauma, what do you call it, seminar or mm -hmm. session in our church building for the Afghan people heavily traumatized, not like the Syrians, mm. more. I th we think because they didn't expect it to happen. The Syrians, it happened gradually. Uh, there was conflict in Afghanistan, but we're talking about the cream of the crop of Afghanistan that lived in, in villas, you know, shelter, you know, from all the, the palaver. So for them, it was a big shock. And the Ukrainians also will take uh, a part in this um, session because they're also that's another traumatized nation right now. Um, now, God so forbid, think, just think, the regime here in the States changes in one night to be like North Korea. Yeah. So um, That very same thing took place there. We've done something overnight. that we've never done before. So the second floor where you were all teaching English has been turned into a, a, a house. With, with bedrooms, and we're hosting about 17 Ukrainian uh, people, some families, some relatives, Friends. and we're also hosting some one family in one of their um, apartments, like his family apartment, and um, you know they're part of our daily life. You know our Ukrainian um, friends, they are come from a secular, they come from a secular culture, not like the Syrians, the Syrians were Muslims, but their culture is nothing, <laughs> it's not secular. It's very, you know, re they revere God, they love God, and, and there are rules, you know, there are, there are no, I don't want to say rules, you know, there are, there are certain disciplines, right, where with the Ukrainians is different. Although Ukraine has the Eastern Orthodox, you know, regime for years as a faith, you know, system, they still are, you know, very secular. We told them that we have worship downstairs every Sunday, and they're welcome to come, but they don't have to. Well, they've all been coming. They've all been coming, and thank God we have one of the ladies, I don't know if you remember, Natalia, she's a translator, because we had Ukrainian brothers and sisters at our little church before, who have lived in Greece for many years, and part of the group that came were relatives, and the rest were friends of the relatives. So there was a connection, we didn't just, you know, go out in the street, which that would be fine too, but uh, so the first, the first, well not the first, always, uh, it's been four Sundays, they are in tears, they cry continuously as, as they hear the message, because their hearts are wounded and it's not very difficult, you know, to scratch a wounded heart and mm. the word of God and does that. say that the Syrians don't want to go back. Well, and, and the Ukrainian, the Ukrainian people, they're really waiting for the war to finish to go back. It doesn't matter if their houses are demolished. All they want to do is, is walk back to their country. They believe they will win with the help of the West and they will go back. 
well, but the Syrians. I don't know about that, but the Syrians, I don't know what they believe, but they just don't want to go home. They really want to go home. The Syrians never turn to look back. If you ask them, they would all say, no, we never want to go back. That's, I mean, even the Christians, not just the Muslims, and they'll tell you that now their land is cursed, you know, haram and halal. You know, the halal means blessing, like the meats and everything, but haram is the, the curse. So they never want to go back because their land now is cursed. Now think of Lot and his wife left behind everything and left. They didn't even, they don't want to go back. They believe that because of what took place, the entire place is cursed. So they don't we're want not. To go. The Ukrainians want to go back to the south again. Um, <coughs> I say this is not honest in seriousness, and those of you that know me, you know that I'm serious is that we're not doing anything special. So please don't overrate what, what we do. It's probably our nature. You know, God knew that. Alex and I are a good team. It doesn't matter that sometimes, you know. <laughs> uh, I have other wishes, but uh, <laughs> we make a good team and we work together. This is probably the easiest thing we've ever done. No, we separated at 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 age. We separated our beans. What Be do we do? The beans. Ah, the beans. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I am on the teaching part. But because we have many mothers, children, daughters, uh, relationship-wise, it's... I'm doing it's the humble work. You know what I mean? Excellent. That's what he's I do chapter and verse thing. No, okay, so... Um, I don't know where I was now. He, he threw me off. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, huh? Good, good team. Yeah, we make a good team. It's a good time in our lives, you know, our age, our experiences. You know, we've eaten a lot of mud. Our kids have fed us, you know, quite a bit of that. Uh, they are fine now, both of them. Our daughter's getting married in June, and uh, um, she, you know, and our son is doing well. They're both independent financially, you know. I mean, we worry for them occasionally, but it's, you know, they're at a point that you can just sit back and enjoy. And like I said, this is the easiest thing we have done. Our lives have been changed because of our experiences, because of our Syrian families. We still meet with them every Monday, and we have a discipleship class. They're starting home churches in Germany, at least three of the families. And, you uh, went there? Uh, yeah, I went there in November and visited, did a, a, <laughs> a little loop of Germany and went and visited several families, Christian and Muslims. By train. Uh, beautiful, saw them all settled. It was more of a selfish trip. Mm -hmm. uh, people thought that I went to please them. I think primarily it was my selfishness to close this chapter of, um, uh, how can I say, like, you were like a mother. to see them fine, you know, mm -hmm. to see them that they're well. And, and uh, there's a word for that in psychology. I can, all right, whatever. I can't think of the word. <laughs> but I saw that. They were happy. You know, a closure. It was a closure mm -hmm. because they came in need. They came desperate. I mean, those of you that were there saw what was going on. And, and even to make it to Germany, it took them three, four, five years. They made it, and they're, you know, they're fine at their destination. So I left at, left at peace. I was at the airport in uh, Düsseldorf. I arrived in Stuttgart and left. I didn't even know these names existed, Düsseldorf. And I stood because they wouldn't leave me alone for one second. <laughs> the only place I could go was the bathroom alone. Everything else, you know, it had to be given See, to me. it's the culture, the Eastern and the Arabic culture. They look up to the older female. Oh, now I'm old. <laughs> there you go. No, no, older, I mean, if there's a 30-year-old uh, lady and there's more. her mother, 50 or 60, the mother is the center. They all look to the mother, not the male, not to the father. The mother is the source of life. In the so home. they wouldn't leave me alone, like, I mean, in a nice way. So I went to this house and then they would either make sure that I was in the train if it was a long distance or they would drive me. They would hire drivers, other Syrian people. I don't know where these people, just like mushrooms, they appeared <laughs> with a car and take me to the next place. Like if it was an hour, an hour and a half, they would, and they would come with me. They didn't just leave me. So the last, the last trip, you know, it was Miriam and Mustafa. I don't know if you remember them. They had uh, uh, six children. Miriam always wore a hijab. I don't know if you remember them, but uh, their girls are married now and their grandparents, and they took me to Düsseldorf Airport. I had a little bag, 
they put the bag, you know, in, 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 the, in the departures hall, kissed me goodbye. And I stood there, I was just frozen. It's like, this can be real, you know? And, and I stood there long enough that some security arrived. And said, Are you okay, ma'am? I said, I'm more okay than I've ever been. So it was, it was cleansing and it was just, it was perfect. And it was God's work, you know, in my heart and in their hearts. Um, you know, to communicate with all these people, uh, you have Google Translator, you have interpreters, and that works for a, for a while. There's something else that you need to speak to them that they will understand and that will open their eyes to a new reality, that of Jesus Christ being the way, the way to God. And that is love. That's the only thing that works. Now, love can be translated into food. It can be translated into an English lesson. It can be translated for you to be in their house at 10.30 at night because there was an emergency or to be at the hospital when they have a baby or take them to, to, a, to a government agency that people treat them like, you know, second grade citizens, and you start yelling at the authority because they cannot do anything to me. You know, what are they going to do? <laughs> Probably <laughs> take me out. You know, all this is the, how the love is translated, and it is the love of God, not ours, because, you know, ours kind of, you know, wears out at some point if you're very tired and if you have just gone too far. Um, what I want to say is before, yeah, yeah, thinking that you are, you know, Jesus, because you're not. So uh, that's where, you know, God, God's love kicks in. Um, had we used what makes us comfortable as Greeks, and we're famous for our hospitality, you know, the Greek hospitality, you know, um, had we done that, we wouldn't have arrived, and these people wouldn't have arrived at their destination to know who Jesus Christ is. The ancient Greeks even had a dedication, Zeus, you know, of the foreigners. If you were a foreigner into Greece, Zeus was in a special aspect of his character for you only, not for the locals. Yes. So um, had we used our, you know, hospitality codes and rules and our culture and what makes us comfortable, we would have failed. We saw that happened several times and we had challenges with people from other countries that they thought, you know, that's how we, we do it in my country, you know. Uh, so I'm not going to get into that because that was the most painful and the part that has, at least I can say, has traumatized me is to deal with volunteers and visitors who thought they knew what, what the Syrians or the Afghans or the Ukrainians need. Because uh, not, not that we had full knowledge, but because we live there. And we have similar, you know, backgrounds than, you know. But, you know, we're done. We're done with that. And, and God has given us now enough knowledge not to allow, you know, conflict to come to, to a place that hurts you. But to say, you know what, that's, you know, that's what is needed. If you're willing to come and contribute for what is needed, not for what I think or he thinks or our team thinks, but what the people need. Um, so um, remember in John 18:37, when Jesus stood in front of Pilate, he said something uh, monu monumental, monumental, mm -hmm. like that big stone of what he said, you know. He said why he came to earth, because we, you can ask a hundred people why Jesus came to earth, and you they'll tell you he, he came to heal, he came to, well, all this happened. And yes, he, that was part of his arrival, and, and you know, why. But he really came to testify to the truth. That's what he told Pilate. I came to testify to the truth. Which truth? You know, like a witness. He came to say who God is and how much he loves us, because otherwise we would never be able to know. The Muslims, you know, are, 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 you know, fasting for 40 days. They're trying. They're going to Mecca, trying to find God. But, you know, the truth has been revealed to us, that the only way to God is Jesus. So, um, and all that we do in our churches and programs and activities, they're all good and they all, you know, encourage. But we need to remember what is the fundamental truth that we need to hold on to. And then that opens our eyes and our hearts to the truth about other things and aspects of life. Because there's so much confusion today. 
about where we're going, whether it's what the women are supposed to do or the women, you know, the men are supposed to do. And do we take the Lord's Supper every Sunday or we take it, you know, once a month. One of our um, Syrian men, like just, and I say our because they're our relatives, they're not ours. They went to Germany, his name is Mehmed, and he has six children. We haven't met one so far that is so faithful and so see the spirit of God. You know, just his eyes are like fire, always joyful, always just. And God has walked with them. Like even, even, even their asylum application was lost at the island where they arrived, which means they should have deported them. And we just, you know, well, I don't want to say run into the right people. God had put the right people, and, and, and their file was done all over again, which is impossible. And they have ended up in Germany, and they're in an apartment, and the kids are in school. So Mehmed went to a German community church in, in what did I say? Mehmed went to a German community church. Yeah. And he was waiting for the Lord's Supper to arrive, and, you know, he didn't. So at the end, he went to the pastor, the preacher, whatever the title was, and he said, so what time you do? Because some, some evangelical churches do it at the end and wait for the members to come together. And the man said, no, we, we don't. We just do it once a month. Oh, he said, why? And then, you know, you know the certain excuses, you know, like, um, uh, what is that? Uh, it, it's a matter of convenience and a matter of, you know, whatever, excuses. And Mehmed truly and honestly thought that the pastor did not know. He says, no, 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 let me show you. <laughs> let me show you. <laughs> so not, they're actually teaching the, the Germans, they are. And the children sing the Greek hymns every Sunday. They, they just The German churches don't believe that this happened in Greece. These kids all speak Greek because they went, the Syrian kids, they speak. They went to the school, you know, you saw some of them. So, you know, Alex has taught them several songs, and, and um, so they're so proud of their Greek heritage. So they get up and they, you know, they sing Arabic songs, but they also, Greek, I know, we're time. Okay, I'm almost done. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's why Jesus came. And finally, John 14, 6, we're going back to the beginning. I'm the way, I'm the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father. Wait a minute, I need to say the right words. No one comes to the Father through me. I'm not, just, I don't remember all the English words. So, um, like Alex said, when he preached, he pretty much preached the same uh, lesson, but, you know, by himself. So, not as good as today. <laughs> so, he said that, you know, you don't need an interpreter to offer a warm, cooked plate of food with love. And just to say, you know, this is for you, but from a place of humility, not a place of authority, like, you know, I have food, I'll give you. But of place, you know, that really speaks to people's hearts. Or to say, you know, what, what, how can I pray for you? Uh, you know, if you have an interpreter or if you use Google Translate. Uh, so what are we doing? You know, where are we? Revelation 7-9, this is our vision, this is my vision, this is his vision, and this is the vision of our little church. After look. this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation. <laughs> Trump. People and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were wearing, holding palm branches in their hands. What a day that would be. Mm -hmm. I would really raise all of the issues. I hear so many issues about the church here. It's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> really? Who has time for all this? You know, let's just think about that. Let's just leave from this room, from this conference, and think about that. Because this is going to happen, you know? We didn't know the war in Ukraine would happen. We did not know this would happen, or the, but this will happen. So I'm not sure what makes you feel comfortable. Maybe we say too much here with Alexander, but we're Greeks and excused because of our culture. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're big mouths. So I don't know what makes you feel comfortable this morning, or it doesn't. But uh, if, if there is a, an issue like this, I think you need to reflect. We need all to reflect and embrace, you know, the eternal culture, the culture of the gospel that has one language, that it's the language of love. Amen. <laughs> well, 
I'd like to close with this idea, the verse, First uh, Peter, two nine. God called uh, uh, called us out of the darkness into His marvelous light. Darkness and light. In light, you can see colors. In the darkness, the colors are there, but you cannot see them. And uh, the only way to understand clearly an issue is through the truth. And the truth is only of one version. What is this? This is a book. Truth. Black. It's a black book, right? Yeah. This is a table. This is a fork. This is a this. I can go on in eternity. It's nothing of all this. A lie is of many versions. Truth is one. Well, an ancient Greek said that, but we don't remember who. Somebody say it's not ours. <laughs> Some ancient philosophers said that, that the truth is of one version, but the lies are of many. So the truth is one. And... Uh, if you have any questions, we're just uh, delighted. This is why Pontius Pilate asks, and what is truth? <laughs> there is truth standing in front of you, the personification of truth. And you're asking, what is truth? Wait a minute. Yep. So, that's all we have to say. We have more, but we'll stop here. <laughs> just, yeah, if you have any questions, to, you know, something that has triggered you or, you know. Ammonia is a greenhouse. They come, they get the Lord, they go. There was a time when we had a Bulgarian service, when the Eastern Bloc caved in, 160 Bulgarians only, with a Bulgarian preacher. Come, go, come, go, come, go. It's not something that stays there. The terminal, we said that. So, yes, go ahead, brother. I have a homeless ministry, and when we talk about the church and all the colors, because you've you've tell that the Smothers Brothers presentation, multicultural church, I mean, you hit on all these things, but that doesn't include the homeless. This state is homeless central. Okay, it is uh, what do they call it? Uh, ground zero for the homeless in the nation. Yeah, but no. Okay, how what? When these broken people come, what touches them? What you know really works in their heart? You know most effectively. When you can't, well, maybe when you can't speak their language, but all the better if you can. Mm. What? Like we have homeless in Athens, you no, know. No, yeah, I know, yeah. but no. When the the refugees, and I think the refugees are very yeah. representative of that. love. So they're I'm homeless. Honest, yeah, yeah. And how love we, first, concern second, crying with them who cry, laughing with them who love, and then comes the lesson, and then well, comes the chapter and the verse and evangelism. I know what you're asking. I know what you're asking. I think is to to let them know, with yeah. very few words, if possible is that um, that they matter, that they matter. Because when you leave your house and you leave, you know, your, your familiar, you feel like nobody wants you, right? Well, nobody wanted them there. So you come into another country that they speak another language that, you know, and because you're Muslim, probably they don't want you there either. Is to tell them that they matter, that they, they matter to God because they're his children and we don't care if you're homeless or Muslims or we don't, it doesn't matter to us. What matters to God is that, you know, he loves you and he watches over you and we're here to do, you know, the little things that we can do. So just include them. I think exclusion is the problem. Yeah. And with homelessness, because these people fall into the gap. I don't know, I haven't thought about homeless, homelessness a lot, but I think is, you know, when you think that nobody cares, I know, I'll stop, you know, when they get up going, you know, they'll get up and leave, uh, is that they matter and to include them. So, but, but, but isn't it that our churches are exclusive? Mm -hmm. You know, 
because if some person that wears a suit like Alex right now, you know, that's his best option, uh, edition, you know, mm -hmm. when a person comes in that is dressed well, it's like, you know, come sit down. But then if a person comes in, I mean, we have the example in the Bible, you know, it's like, well, let's find a little place for you back here because, you know, so exclusion is just, you know, the root of, of, of them feeling, you know, and falling into the gap where if you include them and, and include them and, and tell them that they matter, that's what I think, brother. That's what I think. If I found a homeless person, you know, that came or, you know, I, I, I met them. I was saying this story yesterday, fast, fast, two minutes, about the family. You all know them, Mukhtar and Fidan. They have the four children there in Germany. The two twins, the twin boys, you remember? Okay, anyway, the dad was um, <laughs> an exclusion as of his nature. He's a Syrian Kurd, a very rough man when they arrived, very... Uh, a son of a... He, a son of an ima, imam, imam, of a imam. But a very, you know, like the edges were glass. You couldn't get close to him, you know, something would happen. But his wife and children, they so needed to be there with us. And so, you know, we, we accepted Mukhtar too. Well, it didn't take long until he got mad with me. So, you know, which everybody gets mad with me. And he threw his I'm, I'm easy to get mad at. And he threw his cell phone. Well, he was angry, so he threw his phone on the floor. Guess what's he happened? was angry. So, you know, I, I stepped with my foot and I broke it totally. And I said, just, 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 just go. And, you know, but, you know, he felt excluded. This was his reaction. He was, you know, because of his character. He was not a normal. So then, you know, I, I told him, I said, listen, you know, you probably need to, to take a break and don't come for some time, but we'll come see you tonight at your house and talk about this because what you do affects everybody else. So, you know, you need to be a little more moderate. So anyway, you know, with interpreters, he, he got the message. Three times this happened, not with the phone once, but three times he, <laughs> he rebelled. <laughs> and then, he, you know, slowly, slowly. But you know what cured Mukhtar? He's just changed, the transformation. He stood before the church before he, they left. And he said to the church, you all think that I have not changed and I'm not listening to what's been said here. He's a Christian. He was, you know, he accepted Jesus. And he says, it's because you don't know who I really were. If you know what I did back there, you know, you would know that I'm a new man. So what I think transformed, of course, the God of love, the love of God, but it was our inclusion. He knew we love him and we care for him. We were sometimes as rough as he was, just to bring him to his senses. That's the only way he understood, the only language he understood. Mm -hmm. But it was inclusion, brother. Is that the right word that I use, inclusion? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were as rough as he was. Because when you're homeless, okay, yeah. the floor fell out. You mean like from the top of yeah. looking down yeah. on the ocean? Yeah, like that. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't come back. You need to come to the and same. so they need, hello, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yes. There's some times they need phone on the floor. Like. <laughs> he didn't drop it. He, so that's, that's our experience. May God Thank bless you. you. May God. you reflect on all this. Danny, would you pray and close this with a prayer, please, if you don't mind? Before you go, I see you're ready. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for our many blessings. We thank you for the Malaritos and for the work they've done in Ammonia and are doing and continue to do. We ask you to bless them, keep them safe, bless those that they come in contact with. May they see the love of Christ in them. We pray in your name. Amen. 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 Amen.